Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show with uh, our good friend and buddy, Paul C. Wright, uh, owner of the Sand Dollar Group. Uh, uh, I do not make a financial decision without this man. Welcome back, my friend. Well, it is really a pleasure to be back with you. I'm really excited to be here. Well, uh, I'm excited to have you again, and uh, we had a great uh, 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 interview our, our first time around, and uh, here we are, as they say, the second time is always better. Uh, <laughs> and uh, we talked about a heavy topic uh, back then, and why not talk about a heavy topic today? Um, let, let's talk about this this um, thing that's happening in the world called globalization. Sure, sure. It's a perfect topic for today as we see a lot of the strife going on around the world today. Um, where should we begin? Well, let's talk about, uh, you know, where is, well, let's just for the record give the people the definition of globalization and then we'll talk about where it's going. Sure. Okay, so globalization is really the evolution of our socioeconomic and political order as we transition from um, the nation state as the center of political and economic life to, I guess, what you would call a super state, uh, such as the European Union, um, and eventually a, a, an entire global governance system. And so what you have is an entire political order designed to manage the world economy and world politics that rises above the level of a nation. So really what you're seeing is the erosion of uh, national sovereignty in favor of a more global connected system of politics and economics and finance. Well, all of that sounds extremely frightening. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> to put it mildly, yeah, I mean, it's um, it, it's a total restructuring of what we're used to, and it's going to require a massive uh, change in mentality. And I think by pushing the agenda forward, the um, institutions and organizations that are behind uh, globalization really are giving us what you might want to call a shock treatment and getting us um, kind of uh, immersed in this new way of doing business. And mm. let's think about it. You have um, since World War One, really, but primarily since World War Two, you have the emergence of all these global organizations um, like the United Nations or the World Trade Organization, the World Health Organization, the World Bank, the IMF, um, the G20, which used to be the G7 and used to be the G8, uh, European Union and all these international think tanks that are kind of pushing this idea of, of letting transnational corporations really uh, dictate how life and the economy um, interact with one another on a global scale. So mm -hmm. what does that mean for you and me and the average person? Um, it means 
get used to uh, seeing the sovereignty of nations uh, fall by the wayside in favor of a global governance structure, and that that can impact us in many ways. How so? Let's talk about that. Sure. Well, um, one of the primary ways it will impact us and what we're seeing already, especially in Europe, is the decline of living standards in uh, advanced economies. So um, now people might argue that Greece never has been an advanced economy, but it's affecting people in Britain and in Germany and in Spain and everywhere else. Um, what you have is a system whereby uh, – well, let, let me start from the beginning here. So we used to have a system up and through, let's say, the late 80s, early 90s, wherein global trade was regulated by uh, bilateral trade agreements. So let's say um, the United States wanted to – someone in the U.S. wanted to import, um, you know, baby uh, dolls or something from China. What would happen is that the United States would say, well, we'll let you – sell your baby dolls in the United States, but we're going to apply a substantial import tax to you um, because we have a high standard of living in the United States and we want to protect our factories and jobs here. So we're going to tax you so much that the price of your baby dolls is going to equal the price of one produced in the United States. Therefore, the competition uh, from, from a financial standpoint was fairly even, and it was left to the consumer to decide, are they going to buy the product from China or the one from the U.S.? And really, it was a matter of quality at that point, since there was price equalization in, in many ways. With the globalization, however, you have the proliferation of free trade agreements and things like that. So the free trade agreements reduce tariffs and barriers to trade, and in that way, it has eroded the the living standard of many Americans who obviously cannot compete with mm -hmm. Chinese who are making $4 a day to produce those baby dolls when the United States would cost much more. So factories and things, uh, manufacturers, operations have moved uh, to overseas locations because they can take advantage of greater profits because their labor costs are a lot lower overseas and there mm -hmm. are no more protections to United States employees. So therefore, you're going to have a decline in the living standard of the American worker um, until there's a point where um, competition will be equal. That's the, the danger and that's the threat is that the living standard here could be eroded so greatly that um, you'll be on a level of the Chinese um, uh, worker, which is very disheartening. There are ways they could cure that, though. I mean, if they apply stricter labor standards, minimum wage, um, environmental standards to foreign produced goods, then you could eliminate that gap. But that's not what we're seeing right now. We're seeing just a race for pure profits. And sure. um, unfortunately, has a detrimental effect on employment in the U.S. and uh, the standard of living here for middle class, working class families. And when you say this, you know, a lot of people will listen and say, oh, yeah, yeah, that's impossible. There's no way that America could end up having the same standard of living as, as China. Uh, but uh, uh, this is globalization uh, is obviously a bubble, and the bubble has to burst at some point, just like it did with the dot-com industry as it did with the real estate industry and so on and so forth. Is that right? Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. That's absolutely correct. A bubble will eventually burst, and at some point something's going to give, whether the decline in standards here leads to a downturn in the Chinese economy, um, a decline in the value of the dollar, which could in turn boost exports from the United States, um, or, or I mean, there are many op op options of, as to what could occur, but event all bubbles eventually burst, and, and the decline in living standards here is re reaching a critical mass now um, where there's an outpouring against the powers that be, let's just say, um, and that's coming out in the form of demonstrations in Occupy Wall Street and all sorts of other mm -hmm. uh, things we're seeing in society today. But undoubtedly, we are on this path towards greater um, globalization and greater um, interaction with, with other nations. Um, it's just a question of whether political resistance in many different forms will uh, lead to um, a change and mm -hmm. um, a, a different way of implementing it that um, doesn't decrease the standard of living of the average American. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, we know the negative aspects of globalization. Are there, uh, uh, not trying to sound funny or be facetious, are there any positive aspects of globalization? Well, yeah, there are. I mean, in it really it primarily depends on who you are and where you are in in in, um, in the planet. <laughs> if you are in a developing country like China, it's undoubtedly helped you substantially. I mean, costs, uh, uh, standards of living are rising there, and incomes are rising there, um, and it's happening in a few other countries. However. Um, in many cases, that same increase in the standard of living leads to some environmental degradation um, just because they may not have some of the same environmental or consumer protection laws or labor laws that we have. You look at um, uh, Russia, for example, and there are no real protections for the average worker there. So while their incomes may be rising, um, it's okay to discriminate against employees for age, race, or gender. Uh, there are little to no environmental protections. Um, there is no real legal recourse for the average person in a, in a court of law. So in some ways there's a benefit, in some ways there isn't. Um, if you're on the American side, uh, if you happen to own a a large corporation, you see nothing but profits as far as the eye can see. Um, now, there are ways for the average person to take advantage of, of globalization as well, but it's a little bit more difficult to compete with because the system is set up to benefit those large multinational corporations that have broader access to labor pools and capital all, all around the world. So mm -hmm. it's easier for them, but there are, but again, there are some, some benefits to it or ways that you can benefit from it. This has been a long time in the making, and it's been established, the, the globalization, the global system has been established by companies that wanted to increase their operations. They're already very well-established companies, and they want to increase their profits and their operations, so it really benefits them directly more than it benefits anyone else. Mm -hmm. uh, however, there are ways to take advantage of it. Uh, talk to us about that. Okay, well, if you look at um, the decline in, in um, the value of the dollar, for example, um, it is going to make business uh, give business an opportunity to to make money via exports. It's not really competitive to export right now um, mm -hmm. if you're a business just because uh, costs are so high. But a decline.
decline in the dollar, which unfortunately means decline in our living standard, will present an opportunity for people to export to other countries. And there is a demand for some uh, consumer goods in other countries that are produced in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Now, unfortunately, a lot of consumer products produced by U.S. companies are made overseas in the first place. But small vendors who provide various types of services and goods can find access to those markets. And um, I, we're always happy to help people um, exploit those markets if they're if they're interested and have an idea um, and want to know how they can take advantage of those markets. But again, that low dollar value does provide some export opportunities, and the current um, administration is trying to double exports, and I think they eventually may be successful, um, maybe not in doubling them in the near future, but in increasing them with, as the dollar declines in value. So so we understand some positives and we understand obviously the negatives. Let's talk about the impact that you know, uh, globalization and this trend will have uh, on our youth mm-hmm. uh, here in America. Sure. Well, the main thing is that globalization forces competition, and the youth in America are no longer going to be protected by these things we talked about, like import taxes and other trade barriers, um, nor are they going to be protected very much from jobs. We, we routinely bring people to the United States to work on work visas. We routinely um, ship jobs to other countries. So it's going to force pe- young people in particular um, to get used to the fact that um, opportunities and jobs are going to get a little more scarce. Um, they have to be able to compete with older people and people from other countries. And what they really need to do is get knowledgeable about U.S. history and political culture, study where we came from, where we're headed, and get ready to engage in learning other languages, other cultures, and international business. This is where it's all uh, lying in the future. So I think that if someone young um, wants to prepare for this future, and again, and, and I mean, you know, there may be, in fact, a lot of people who disagree and say, well, we need to rally against globalization because it's detrimental to our economy. That's fine. If you feel that way, then you need to support politicians who support U.S. sovereignty. But in any case, you still need to get accustomed to dealing with a global society. And the primary way of doing that is learning other languages and other cultures and knowing how to conduct yourself on an international scale. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds to me like uh, the new generation, the next generation, is going to really have to uh, learn the language of entrepreneurialism because they're going to have to create the jobs because there's not going to be any jobs for them to go into. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I mean, there's nothing um, better than creating opportunities for yourself. Um, when you have the flow of labor on such a broad scale, and there is a race to the bottom in terms of labor costs. Now, remember, um, wages in America have really not increased 1% since the 1970s when you adjust for inflation. There has been, wow. in fact, a, a little bit of a decline in wages. You know, if you take the cost of what it, you know, of what it costs to live and um, provide for your family, and compare that to the 70s, there's actually a decrease in your standard of living um, based on, on um, your earnings. So that's a horrible fact, but it, but it is a fact. <laughs> so, uh, Amazing. 
Yes, amazing, but absolutely true. So you have to um, be prepared to take things into your own hands if you want to compete globally, and there are ways to do that. I mean, there are people all over the world, India, China, Russia, you name it, who are going out and creating their own businesses and creating an alliance with a team of people of other small businesses, for example, around the world, and they provide you with the means to compete and create a, a new reality and a level of comfort for yourself and your family as you go forge into the future. Incredible. Incredible. Do you think this trend will ever be reversed? Well... That's the altruistic here. <laughs> I, kind of, <laughs> <laughs> I kind of doubt it, actually. Um, it really depends, though, on whether the breakdown that we're seeing in society globally with all these demonstrations evolves or erupts into something broader, and it, and it forces politicians to um, refocus. You know, there's these populist movements that are spouting up all over Europe where people are are saying, let's get back to who we are and protecting ourselves. Mm -hmm. So there, there's, there's a, there's a, a, a conflict. Uh, of globalization and 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 anti-globalization um, that is going on right now, and uh, it's hard to say what will prevail or what form will come out of this. I do know that that we are at least in the near future headed towards increased globalization. Um, whether that collapses soon or not um, is anyone's guess, but I I think there are going to be some extraordinary growing pains with this, and the globalization that um, many of these uh, globalists have in mind, I don't think it's going to end in the form that they want it to end in. I really mm -hmm. don't. Mm -hmm. but, but in any case, there will be more interconnectedness, um, and people need to get um, used to that idea. It doesn't mean you have to accept whatever is being pushed your way, but um, be prepared to take advantage of that new reality. What what uh, advice would you give the 99% uh, who is going to be uh, and currently is the most affected by this? Well, bond together, be politically active, and try to support policies that protect the people. Um, you know, we don't have a system where – well, we have a system wherein um, the, the people, and I use that term to mean, you know, the 99%. Um, are have been marginalized. You know, mm -hmm. people are seeing this. They've seen banker bailouts. They've seen um, laws that are are created to favor the rich. They see regulations that are not applied to um, restrict uh, illicit activities by large financial institutions. They say, hey, we were always told that this was a this game was fair. That anyone could rise to the top. Um, that. Um, we believed in um, free market capitalism, but we're not seeing that. We're seeing um, corporatism and economic favoritism, and so that's that's what the 99% are challenging. So, to create their own reality, they have to be politically active and um, learn how to manage um, the new political reality that we're engaged in right now. And one of the ways you do that is by buying together. I mean, people can bond together and form their own businesses, corporations, instead of just waiting um, for the people at the top to create jobs for them, because I honestly don't think that that's going to happen anytime soon. Mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. You have to take matters really into your own hands um, if you want to um, succeed in this new environment. 
so you're 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 probably also in agreement with it's not just the the young people that that need to look at uh, entrepreneurship, but also uh, uh, you know our age range. Uh, uh, the 99% needs to look at uh, creating creating jobs as opposed to looking for them. Yeah, that's right. And you know the the, the good thing that um, that adults have, um, and I mean people in our age bracket in their 40s and things, is that they have a great level of expertise and experience. Um, it's just a, a matter of reordering your mind to say, I don't, I, I can create jobs, I can create a business, um, which is a different way of thinking than um, looking for a job. You know, people mm-hmm. go out and they'll sit, sit down to the computers and send out 100 resumes in a day. And in that time frame, it's possible that they could have been networking with other people who have lost jobs to create their own businesses. And, yeah, there are some barriers to doing that, you know, capital and um, knowledge and legal knowledge and things like that. But there are resources that people can find, um, such as my company, as a matter of fact, that can help them do that. So the opportunities exist. They're not as many as they used to be, and it is very tough competition out there. Um, But there are options and opportunities for people to engage in. You know, it's interesting when you said uh you know, most people are into the mindset of uh, sitting down and writing out a hundred, uh, so sending out a hundred resumes, as opposed to they could be uh, taking those resumes, and those hundred resumes could be, you know, for someone else. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of flipping the script a little bit and looking and saying, well, hey, you know, how many people if you're sending out a hundred? Do you think there might be other people out there that are doing the same thing? And you know, if you're sitting on 100 resumes, chances are you pretty much know how to do a resume. There, there are a lot go. of people who need to know how to do that. So it's a really a, a shift in thinking, isn't it? It's a dramatic shift in thinking. And once you get there, though, um, with a little bit of assistance, um, you can really turn um, your, your, your economic situation around. I'm not trying to minimize the plight of people in that situation, however, because it is extraordinary what's happened in, in this country in the last several years. It is nothing short of horrible. And it, it, it's a dramatic challenge to um, be able to manage your life and deal with all the pressures that are coming from different directions um, and, and set up your own business. It's, it's, it's not easy, um, but it's one of the few ways to get out of a system that is in decline, really. I mean, we are in, a, in an economic decline, mm-hmm. and even though, you know, there are economic numbers and, and unemployment numbers that they're touting for, you know, uh, what they see as a positive, well, I, you can't really trust those statistics a whole lot. Um, people know, on the people who are living life um, as a middle class or uh, living in poverty know that the situation is much worse than the statistics report. And so it is an extreme challenge, but it is a challenge that can be met if you have the right people around you. And that's the key, is you have to surround yourself with knowledgeable people who can help you out of your situation, have an idea, and work together, and you can create that new reality. You know, I haven't talked about this before, but it reminds me of, um, uh, you know, the, the, the way this is flushing out. It, it's kind of Darwinistic uh, in a sense that uh, it's a survival of the fittest. And uh, some people... Um, if they don't uh, take heed, if they do not um, uh, learn, uh, not necessarily even a new skill set, but just a new mindset, uh, they're going to be left behind. 
yeah, they will be left behind unless they are capable of changing public policy. They're, they're going to be left behind. And, um, you know, the odds are stacked against you in changing public policy also. I mean, we know mm-hmm. that money influences politics more than anything else right now. And if you don't have the financial ability to influence politics, it just isn't going to happen. So, um, you know, unless, unless you apply other types of pressures, again, we talked about the demonstrations and things of that nature. But even still, that's a slow process. Um, and you really have to be able to take advantage of what exists now. It's all about what's now. Amazing. Talk to me about some of the things that's happening around the world after it relates to globalization. globalization. Well, you know, we're really seeing the expansion of the power of, of several international institutions. Um, a lot of this is tied to the global economic collapse. You know, you have the IMF and the European Central Bank uh, bailing out countries like Greece and Spain. Um, so their influence is, is um, becoming greater. You have institutions like the World Health Organization, for example, which is pushing its uh, policies regarding um, disease, infectious disease control on nations, and nations are signing on to their policies. So what happens is, for example, you have a think tank that's connected to some of these global institutions, and they, they write a, a paper um, advising that a certain policy be adopted. And that international institution adopts the policy, and then they push for their member nations to adopt the policy. So what you have is a global system of laws that is developing and um, bec- and, that's, and that system, that political structure becomes a means for producing legislation rather than legislation coming from the actual nation itself. And then you will have those nations sign on to that so you, you have the system of global legislation. That's really what's at the heart of things. You also have global financial reordering. Um, you know, there are a lot of countries that are scared that there will be a dollar collapse or a euro collapse, and and those things may in fact occur. Mm -hmm. So what has happened as a result? Well, look at the G20 nations, and you'll see that um, at a meeting, um, I believe it was last year or two years ago, they said we can't rely on the U.S. dollar, for example, as a new global, as as the the global trade currency. So what we need to do is have one global one global currency that we create for all nations to use in trade. So they even rolled out a model of what this new currency would look like, and you can you know Google it and, or look it up on YouTube and see an example. You can just type in, for example, um, uh, G20 global currency, and you'll see mm-hmm. a picture of what this model currency used to or is supposed to look like. So really, it's it's a uniformity of laws and finance that you're seeing. Um, come out of these global institutions and the nations locking on to them. Um, you're also seeing more and more free, free trade agreements, such as the free trade area of the Americas, for instance, which would expand um, what we have in NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Association. Um, so lots of new policies that are coming out and uniformity of laws and finance um, that is really proliferating around the world. Wow. Well. You know, I don't want this to be a depressing uh, conversation, <laughs> but <laughs> it, it, it's this, 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 you know, call and this uh, uh, interview and this series is really um, 
uh, what I call a wake-up call uh, uh, series. And, uh, you know, I think there are a lot of people, I was watching, um, <clears throat> I think it was Pierce Morgan uh, in, a, in a recent uh, uh, episode where he had uh, Susie Orman on there, and she said something quite interesting, and that was she feels that America is just in shock. And when you're in shock, you don't do anything. You just freeze. You stand still because you don't know what to do. And from hearing you, uh, obviously, and, of course, knowing you, that is the worst thing you could possibly do. Yeah, I agree. You know, it, it, that's an interesting um, take on it, as um, Susie Orman puts that. And, and it kind of makes me think of... Um, you know, in psychology, they talk about the fight or flight response, right? Mm -hmm, when you're mm -hmm. confronted with something, you either run from it or you fight against it. And when you're in shock, yeah, in many cases, um, you do nothing or, or you or you flee from something. Um, but you can choose to do something else, which is fight back or take some type of action. Um, if you're locked in place and you're not flexible enough to take advantage of opportunities that may be all around you and you're not recognizing what they are, um, then you're going to be on the losing end of things. Mm -hmm. You really have to act fight, act, and take advantage of, of opportunities that present themselves. And it, you may need somebody to help you understand what those opportunities are, and that's fine. Oh, absolutely. As I'm listening to you, I can only think that there are so many people that, uh, you know, that got hit with this new economy that we're, that we're dealing with. And uh, for the most part, they, they thought they knew what to do in case of, you know, uh, an emergency or a situation were to occur. But we're, we're, what we're finding, or what I'm seeing now, is that there, there requires a higher level uh, of, of education uh, and being able to maneuver in this new economy. And that higher level of, of, of education is not something that we can find really on television. Uh, obviously, we can't find it in our schools. Uh, and we can't find it by the water cooler. So <laughs> this, is, this is a problem, I think, why people are in shock is because they do realize that it requires a new a set of, of, of information or a higher level of information, but guess what? They have no idea where to go get it. You're right. I, I think you're absolutely right. But there are resources, and I would say, you know, for people that um, are online, which is pretty much everyone, um, that they do some research into globalization. They do some research into um, starting up a business. They do some research into global trade and figure out how to take advantage of this of this situation. The, the resources do exist, and there are people um, who are wonderful resources. There are companies that are wonderful resources, and there's lots of documentation um, that you can find on the Internet. The Internet is invaluable. It's not just for playing games and, um, you know, reading the New York Times. I mean, there's a lot more that you can do with it than those couple of things. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. so, so there are ways that you can take advantage of the situation, and I hope everyone comes to realize that this is something that they need to do because the chance of being left behind is great right now as uh, the economy kind of spirals here. Um, it, it, it's it's not a pretty situation, even for those people who are employed. They're they're on the edge, and they're not sure what to do. Consumer spending. Absolutely right. Not to be, and I I I've never wanted to do shows that uh, propagated, you know, the fear-based mentality. But um, I I do want to have a definition from an expert such as yourself on 
what does it mean or what does it look like uh, when we say that if you don't do such and such, you will be left behind? What does left behind look like? Left behind means either unemployed or left um, with a a job situation that does not provide you with all that you need to support yourself and your family and the standard of living that you'd like to have. So you're leaving yourself subject to, um, I guess, the, the currents and the winds of, of economic change that is going more in favor of globalization and away from protecting the American worker. So that's what I mean by left behind. However, now I just want to add, add on to this and say that, yeah, we don't want to get locked into doom and gloom. The message here really is that there is hope and there are ways to overcome um, what might look like a dire situation. So I just want to make sure that we, we add that little piece in there. That's excellent. So a person calls you up, uh, calls up Policy Right, Sand Dollar Group, sanddollargroup.com is, is the uh, web address. Is that correct? That's right. So a person calls you up, uh, what should be their language, their conversation? What should they call and, and say, hey, Paul, I just heard about this. Your, I just heard your interview about globalization, and I want to do something about it. I want to protect myself. What do I do? What do they say? Well, they're they're going to come and they're going to mention, they're going to really tell me what their background is and what their history is, and maybe if they have any ideas um, for a new business um, that they want to create or, or something that they want to take advantage of, um, maybe it might be importing things to the U.S., maybe it might be exporting things from the U.S., or just creating um, a new factory or a restaurant, whatever it might be, and then we'll have a, a discussion about how you go about putting your ideas onto paper and then executing that plan and where you get all the financial, legal, and operational expertise from to help you do that plan. So that's generally what the conversation will be about and we'll lay out a strategic plan of action and um, execute. All right. Well, that's good. That's great news, great information. All right. So for uh, the people listening again, what is your uh, web address, and if you want to give out your, I don't know, your business phone, that would be great as well. www.sanddollargroup.com, and I can be reached at 616-617-4417. I can also be emailed paul at sanddollargroup.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it, this is the time uh, not to uh, be reactive or inactive, but be proactive. Pick up the phone, go to the website, or send out an email and uh, prepare your life. Reinvent your personal history so that you can be part of the, uh, uh, the larger community so that you can help others uh, as they're coming up. Uh, Paul, love you, my friend. I want you to come back. You're a regular on the show now, uh, and let's continue this conversation and continue to inspire and empower uh, the listeners and the readers and the viewers. My pleasure. It is really an absolute joy to be on with you. I, I really enjoy it every time we talk, and I look forward to many more conversations in the future. Thank you very much. You got it, my friend. We'll talk soon. Take care now. Very good. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.